listening to episode 9 of the Better Than Healthy podcast, when we're going to talk about the food police. Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself, and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Brathman. Let's dive in. Hello. I hope you're all doing well this week. So this week, the principle of intuitive eating we're talking about is challenging the food police. And the way that I really want to present this is not to give the concept that there are food police out there, but that food police really only exist in our brains because of the way we were taught to think about food, to think about health, because it's from the rules that we're taught and we try to regulate ourselves by reminding ourselves of these rules. And it can feel very strict, which is why we call them the food police. But there are no actual police that are going to come in and tell you how to think about food and how to behave around food. It just comes from within ourselves based on what we were taught about food. And you may experience it as comments from other people, but that's just because they were taught the same messages about food or maybe different messages, but they were taught different rules about food. So it only exists because of the rules that we have created around food. So the food police don't have to continue existing and we can learn to stop listening to those rules that we have. So you can hear this from other people when they are telling you the rules of like, oh, I sure you want to eat that? Or like, oh, you're not supposed to eat this food after this time. Or you're not supposed to eat any food after this time. Or you're not supposed to eat dessert before dinner. Like any of those different rules, that is the way we think about like the food police and how we interact with that concept of the food police. Is anytime we're thinking that or somebody else is telling us that and it's just... The things that try to regulate how we're eating. And usually they're pretty well intended. Usually they're there to try to make us healthy, to try to help support our health. And it's just the way that we have them set up that it's not the most effective way for us to actually change behaviors, for us to actually be healthy, because it's much more of an authoritarian relationship with ourselves versus the trusting relationship that we have been talking about in the previous episodes. So thoughts that come from the food police that we have is usually thoughts that bring up like our feelings of guilt that we have around food that tell us that we're bad if we ate a certain way or we're good if we did a uh, ate a different way. It's those beliefs that we have that make us feel good or bad about food. It's that voice that tells us that we've done a good job or we've been good lately if we're eating a certain way, if we're eating all our vegetables and avoiding the bad foods. And it's that voice that tells us we've been bad and that we should feel bad about not taking care of ourselves, about eating the wrong foods, about going a little haywire on it. And it's important to recognize that because what happens most of the time is we go through different stages of one being very, very strict with ourselves. So we're being very strict in the sense that we are like, oh, I'm following the rules perfectly. So we're disciplining, kind of being a dictator to ourselves and being like, we're following these rules exactly. And then we get burnt out on doing that. And then we become the rebel. And we're like having fun rebelling against the rules. And we do that for a little bit until the other side of our brain kicks back in and starts policing us and being like, whoa, you're being bad. You're not doing the things you're supposed to be doing. And then we start to feel guilty. Then we can go back to being strict to ourselves. And then we continue to cycle through that process because we're not really meant to be all in one way all of the time. It's more about finding that balance within ourselves and deciding what that balance means for us 
rather than trying to follow strict rules. I was recently listening to something where a person brought up how in European countries, how kids are kind of grown up with like seeing a couple sips of wine with dinner, having a small glass here or there, and how different that is from American culture where it's like 21 is the drinking age and like it's behind closed doors if you're drinking before then, and how it's so much more prevalent in the States to have people to have crazy binges where it's eating, drinking a lot of alcohol and partying more versus kind of being taught having a glass at a time and having that like moderation. And when it's a normal part of a culture to just have a glass here or there, and it's not this rebellious thing that you're doing behind closed doors, then you don't go through the extremes like that and why it's the same way with food and part of the reason we have so many extremes and we have so many like of binges with food is because it's kind of this behind closed doors fun rebellious thing that we get to do because i even remember years and years ago people being like telling me and some of my friends saying that oh drinking isn't as much fun now that i'm 21 and it's legal the rebellious part was what made it fun and that's the same thing that ends up happening with food is i remember feeling like the rebellion is kind of this fun little excitement and i've even heard that from clients too of when they're going about to have that little binge it's kind of like this like ooh, i'm gonna do something bad and it's gonna be so much fun they're in the anticipating the enjoyment of that which makes it even more appealing than if it was just something you were allowed to do all the time because when you have no rules around food you would think when you're coming from the place of following a lot of rules, you anticipate that that's going to be just extreme eating all of the time. But food actually gets more boring when you have less rules around it. And it's interesting to experience because you're so used to so much time and attention being put on food that when you don't need all that time and attention to regulate it and everything's allowed, there's no urgency, the anticipation, like all of that goes away. And part of the anticipation of anticipating how good that cheat meal is going to be is part of the the pleasure and enjoyment of it and when you're allowed to have it whenever you want you lose a lot of that compulsion to eat and I mean you still have your body regulating your hunger so like you still do feel compelled to eat but it's not in that same way of out of control feeling that you have an experience when you're trying to use rules and regulations amongst yourself or like for yourself and it ends up just leading to more of that compulsive behavior around food which a lot of my clients experience and I experienced for a few years too. Challenging the food place is really the stage of intuitive eating where we start challenging food rules more because in the beginning of intuitive eating it's more about like building trust understanding your body more and you start in that place to start growing that awareness of yourself and to start start building that foundation of having peace. And if you jump right into challenging all the food rules away, right away, it can be very overwhelming. And so that's why we try to bring these in slowly. But in this stage is when we really start challenging those rules by challenging the food police, because really the food police is any of those rules that we have. So meaning I can only have one or sweets are bad for you. I shouldn't eat anything after 6 p.m. Walking's not good enough of an exercise. It needs to be more. Dairy is bad for you. Gluten is bad for you. Bread is fattening. Everything is fattening. Like, anything that we have where there are different rules and like even like oh if I eat breakfast it's gonna make me eat more throughout the day and I had this one pop up for me a couple of weeks ago when I was had a craving for ice cream in the morning and it was the first thing that popped up as a taste craving and I was like I noticed in my head I'm like oh I can't have ice cream before noon and I was like huh 
that is interesting thought. I ended up realizing and deciding I wanted something different than that, but I didn't choose to do that because of that rule. And so that's like when you start noticing these different rules that pop up and you can question if you want to believe them. And we want to do this stage separate because you might be hear some of these rules and think, but it's true. Having too much sugar is bad for you. The part that I want you to pay attention to is how you feel when you think that. Like when you start thinking too much sugar is bad for me, Like, how does that actually feel? Because a lot of times it brings up kind of anxiety around having too much sugar, a little bit guilt anytime you're eating sugar, and these feelings that don't actually help us to feel good and to feel better. And that's where we really want to start bringing the moral component out of food. And because a lot of the times, like with anything, it's too much of something that can be more harmful for us. And when we have too much of something, we can feel the effects of it in our body. And that's why intuitive eating is so helpful because what are we paying attention to the most is how we're feeling in our body. So we naturally will regulate how much we're eating to support how we're physically feeling when we are taught to eat that way. But the thing is, we're not taught to eat that way. We're taught to eat based on a plan or based on these rules and we ignore what's going on in our body. So then when we're off the rules, we're still ignoring what's going on in our body and then we can end up overdoing it and not supporting ourselves in a way that feels good. And then we use those times when we are off the plan and eat too much as evidence that we need the plan. And it's just we keep creating that cycle for ourselves rather than finding a stable place where we base based on how we feel in our body, what feels good for us, and take all of the pressure out of food. Because the less we complicate food, the better. And I really want to encourage you to hold off on bringing in gentle nutrition until we've challenged the food police, until we've cleaned up that base relationship with food and ourselves and have that more trusting. And then we can really start using that information to serve us. Because what happens if we start bringing gentle nutrition in, which gentle nutrition is the last principle of intuitive eating, and it just is using the science and the information that we know about food to support our health. But if we're not careful, and if we introduce gentle nutrition before we're really ready for it, then we just end up using it like a food police where we use it as a rule. And because that's just the way our brain's used to doing it. So we want to train our minds to stop looking for the rules and restrictions and start looking more for support for ourselves in the way that we want it rather than based on the rules of somebody else. So we're not ignoring like, oh, if I eat an entire tub of ice cream, I don't physically feel very good. We don't ignore that we just store that information for us and so we don't use oh i had this food and that's bad i'm not supposed to eat this they say sugar is bad for you we don't want it to sound in that way we just want it to be a decision of like oh i don't like how my body feels when i have that so i'm choosing not to have it not that i can't have it because that's why i see a lot of people come like if it's like i have a lactose and they're like oh i can't have that because it makes me feel bad i'm not allowed to and that brings out the rebellious side of us so much more than when we're just evaluating it from a very neutral place what you can do to start challenging your own food police is to start thinking about any of the times you have phrases popping up in your head that are I can't, I shouldn't, I have to. Any of those times where it's a hard and fast rule of want black or white, where it's like it's this way or this way, we want to start paying attention to any time those are coming up around food. When it popped up into my head of I can't have ice cream before noon, it's like, oh, that's interesting rule that I have. Why do I have that rule? Is that something I want to believe? And we can start playing around and questioning that because it's any time that it's like, oh, I shouldn't have this food or I should have more vegetables. Like anytime we have those popping up because should is just could with shame. And anytime we have should coming up, it's usually accompanied by shame and guilt. 
and that just doesn't feel like a good emotion in our body and it doesn't inspire us to change our behavior and if that's what you want is to change your behavior doing it with shame is the least effective way to change behavior especially for long-term results because it has us focus on the least motivational part because when we are feeling shame, when I work with clients, and I'm going to switch up from a food example to an exercise example of one client I'm thinking of who would say, oh, I should work out three times a week. I should be doing this. And whenever she was doing that, she was just feeling guilty about all the times that she wasn't doing it and then just judging the times that she was doing it. And it just put her in place of a lot of judgment. And she just always felt really low energy going into the workouts because of how she knew she was going to talk to herself in them. And that it was just going to be this experience of judging herself and filled with like shame and it just made her not want to do anything. And when we switch from that, which is the least effective way to motivate ourselves to one of the other things that she had told me about lifting weights is that she loved loves how strong her muscles feel. And I asked her to explain that a little bit more. And the more she talked about how she loves how strong she feels and how she muscles feel and how good it feels, I can visually see in our Zoom meeting how her energy level was picking up, how her voice was picking up. And she was like, oh, wow, I feel motivated to go work out right now. And it makes the most sense to focus on the easiest way to motivate ourselves because when we're trying to do it from that low energy place to try to inspire us to not be in that low energy place, we actually could just get stuck there or we might get out of it for a short time, but then we come back into it. But when we put our energy and focus on the reasons that make us feel motivated, the ones that make us want to do it, because when we're focused on, I know my muscles are going to feel amazing after this, then even in those moments where it's like, ah, I just don't really feel like going right now, when we have that intention of why we want to and it being attention for us that we're choosing because we want it that will continue to be inspiring. Whereas the shame of, oh, I should be doing this, won't. Which is why as many times as I need to, I'm going to continue to talk about the difference of motivating ourselves with shame versus motivating with ourselves by building that relationship with ourselves full of unconditional love and trust as the way to create anything that we want with our life. Because once we start figuring out this food, we have so much more energy in every area of our life. And we can really start creating permanent improvements with ourselves because we're just wanting to do those things because we like them versus trying to convince ourselves that we should like them more. So anytime you notice yourself having those thoughts of I can't do this or I should do it, I shouldn't do it. Anytime it's those judgmental thoughts that are more of a strict rule, switch to asking yourself, what you want and why. So I'm going to go back to when I said I had the thought of I shouldn't have ice cream before noon. I kind of just like, oh, that was an interesting thought. Okay, well, what do I think about having ice cream before noon? I'm like, oh, well, I guess it's not really a problem. I just think I'm not supposed to because there's still part of my brain that goes to ice cream being unhealthy, even though at this point it's like a very neutral thing. I still have some of those thoughts pop back up. But did I really want it? And I was like, well, it tastes like the taste sounds really good, but that I decided I wanted something more filling. And so when you start asking yourself more of those questions of like, what do you want? What do you want to experience right now? Then you get some guidance on that because sometimes the answer will be like, oh, this tastes like sounds so satisfying and that's okay. Or if we go back to the exercise example again of focusing in on like, okay, well, I should be exercising three times a week. Well, why? Because I say it's good for you. And if I did it, I probably would feel good. And so a lot of times that's the motivation is we think we're going to feel good with something. Even like the ice cream, it's like, oh, it's going to taste really good. So like that little momentarily taste of it is going to make me feel good. And we can do that by like thinking the thing is going to get it for us. Or we can focus on the fact that she wanted that was because she was going to feel good with her muscles and focusing in on that as her real reason of like, well, I want to exercise because I want 
want my muscles to feel good and sometimes I feel stiff and I don't feel very good afterwards, then we can start zeroing in on like, oh yeah, this is, I want to do this. It's not that I think I'm supposed to do this. Like part of me thinks I'm supposed to do this, but I actually want to do it. And that is so much more empowering than any should ever will be. Because food, exercise, health, does not have to make you feel guilty, does not have to make you feel shame, it does not have to make you feel any of that. It can be just a relaxing, easeful, empowering experience. So if you want to start challenging the food police, just start first by building that awareness of what your rules are around food and just seeing what those should thoughts are and what those can or can't thoughts are, have to thoughts are. Then start questioning like, is this something I want to believe? Like, why do I believe this? Like, why do I think I'm supposed to do that thing or not supposed to do that thing? Do I want to believe that? And why? Because the only thing that matters is that you like your reasons. You can continue to believe that rule and think like, oh yeah, I like this rule. I think it's true and continue that. Or you can change it. Or you can do some combination. It's all up to you. It's just whatever you like your reasons to be to help you feel your best. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you want to learn to trust yourself around food so you can stop overeating and feel more comfortable in your body, I want to invite you to join my coaching program. Come visit me at foodpeacenutrition.com to learn more.